We've got a great episode for you today. Today we are talking with Lawrence Kotlikoff. He goes by Larry. He's a professor of economics at Boston University. Um, he has a wealth of knowledge when it comes to social security planning, retirement planning. Uh, he's authored a couple books. And so uh, we have a great time with him going through uh, quite a few different questions in all kinds of different arenas. Yeah, what I appreciate about uh, when you interview somebody like this, uh, they obviously have a perspective. And they a lot of times he's written a couple of books, he writes articles, and he uh, those articles gets published. He's a New York uh, Times bestseller. And the scope of his uh, understanding is to talk to a lot of people, in all essence, the masses, and to be able to educate them on that. So I think it's interesting because like, for example, in the interview, when we ask him about what's the best time to take Social Security, you know, his his mindset is toward waiting. And a lot of that has to do with the fact that, and you can hear in his answers, uh, for somebody who's not saved very well. Um, Merce and I, and I like a lot of our listeners, have been great savers. And so that makes those numbers completely change. And I think at the end of the day, what you get from this is, is that you should not make a decision without making sure that you've looked at the numbers. And a lot of times that's going to take a lot of work and some software and some expertise. And so I, I, I think it was very nice to have a different perspective uh, from having him on. So anyway, if you've not had a chance, visit our website, pomwealth.net. Go to the blog page. Every single week, we add a new blog article that uh, talks on topics of how to get to and through retirement. But before we get into this episode, we got to do a quick little disclosure. The information contained in this podcast is intended to provide general information only and not to be considered individualized advice. Different types of investments carry different levels of risk. As always, please contact your financial professional for advice appropriate to your situation. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the Secure Your Retirement Podcast. This is the place where high achieving professionals come to gain confidence on how to successfully navigate their transition into and life during retirement. There's no such thing as a passive retirement plan. To have a successful financial future, your plan must be actively managed. Each week, we will bring you action plans and expert interviews that will help you gain insights, learn fresh perspectives, and finally experience peace of mind about your retirement. Here to help you achieve your dream retirement and live the life you deserve are your hosts, certified financial planners, Raiden Stansel and Merce Tariq. Welcome everyone to our Monday podcast. Uh, every Monday, uh, Merce and I, our goal is to bring folks to you that we think are uh, individuals that can help you as you are planning for and living throughout retirement. And I think today we have a, uh, a very, very interesting guest. He is a, uh, has his PhD in economics from Harvard. He's written a multiple of uh, books and, and has different things to help people when they're planning for and living throughout retirement. And his name is uh, Larry Kotlikoff, if I said it correctly. But uh, yeah. uh, thank you very much for coming on the show with us today. Yeah, my, my pleasure. Uh, thanks for having me. Good. Now, you said uh, you're in Switzerland right now. Uh, uh, what yeah. are you doing in Switzerland? <laughs> well, uh, uh, I'm working with some co-authors on carbon taxation, uh, which is a we're putting together large models uh, of lots of regions and lots of generations. So our current model has got, I think, 3 million. It goes for about 3,000 years and, and uh, has about 3 million equations and 3 million unknowns. So this is kind of what uh, you, know, you need to put together to get a handle on what 
carbon tax policy we should adopt. And, and the idea here is pretty cool. It's that you know you can get a uniform win-win for all generations and all regions by just spreading the, the, the gains. The people that are gonna gain from carbon taxation are like pe people in India, because they're gonna, you know, they're not gonna be suffering the damage. So you just get them to pay uh, and on balance they're better off and you take their payments and you distribute those to people uh, who would otherwise be hurt by the carbon tax. So this is just standard economic fare in terms of uh, taking a, an economic problem and making it into, a, uh, into something beneficial to everybody. Gotcha. Yeah. So that's, uh, and, and you get to be in uh, Switzerland as well to do it. So it's always uh, nice to be able to travel and, um, and, and do what you, I assume, love doing. Uh, we love having economists on our, or people that have backgrounds in economics on our show um, and uh, especially a professor as well. So obviously there's, there's a lot that's backing up everything that you're going to say here. And I think we could take this episode in so many different directions. Um, I know that you uh, have authored a couple books um, around social security, around uh, planning in general. Um, we were talking before we started recording. So the main, the, the, the majority of the people that are listening to our podcast are people that are close to or already in retirement. And they're looking for how do we navigate this, this aspect of we've been earning all of our lives and now we have to transition into spending and, and that's going to last for the next 30 some odd years. And so there's a lot of things that go into that. And we try to teach as much as we can on it. But before we get into, I think we'll have a conversation around social security and proper planning. Uh, but before we get into that, uh, mm -hmm. you being, uh, you know, very well versed in economics, I'd like to just get your opinion on what you what's going on today in the, in the very macro perspective and kind of what you, what your thoughts are as far as everything that we're dealing with, particularly in the U S with the coronavirus and everything we've had economists on from time to time and they, they give us their perspective. So if you have, a, if you have a two or three minute spiel, uh, we'd love to hear it. Yeah. Well, I, well, I think the, um, we're likely to, to see the virus, you know, we're getting to close to herd immunity. So we're likely to, unless we get another bad mutant, we're likely to hopefully see the end of uh, coronavirus uh, COVID in a few months. Uh, the numbers could come down rapidly like they did before and hopefully not come back up. So, but then we have other things going on. We've got, we still have this trade war going on. China, China's getting very aggressive. We have the Democrats, Republicans locked um, in a battle over whether they're gonna you know, uh, endorse the debt while the debt uh, sailing to go back up, to go up, um, that could turn ugly. Uh, we have this issue of whether we're going to actually invest in infrastructure in our country or not. So there's you know a bunch going on with politics, but then we've got inflation taking off, and a lot of people think it's due to um, bottlenecks. I'm a little bit more concerned about you know this getting into like. Uh, uh, into the heads and the minds of people that set prices. Like, you know, I have a software company. We do uh, financial planning software. One of our tools, Maxify Planner at maxify.com. We just took a price increase. We hadn't done that in five years. And, and uh, I had to do it because the price are going up. I have to pay my workers more money. And I'm thinking, gee, I'm like other retailers. You know, yes, I'm a professor, but on the side of this company. And, um, the reason I haven't raised prices in the past is uh, I was worried that my customers would be angry. 
But if I see everybody else raising prices now, I don't have to worry about that. They because I know my customers are going to understand why I did this. So that psychology can lead to uh, multiple rounds of price increases, and we can have price inflation take off, and it can have a will of its own, a mind of its own. Uh, there's nothing. It's not like the government has, you know, control over a hundred million different companies who are setting prices. We just don't. So uh, that's what I'm really worried about, that inflation is really going to take off and that that's going to hurt a lot of people who have uh, invested in bonds. So I'd be very careful about So here's one of the things I would tell your 50-year-olds. I would stay away from the long-term bonds. I think inflation is coming, if not right away, through time, because our government is so broke. Uh, we have so many liabilities on the books, not just the official debt, but so much more off the books like Social Security, Medicare, defense spending, that um, we're gonna be forced to print money. And I think we've already been, we are already printing money to pay for the bills. And when countries do that, they end up with very high price increases if not hyperinflation. So I would stay clear of things that are inflation sensitive. Yeah, now, you know, interestingly, um, as we were talking a little bit just briefly, and I'd gotten a couple of emails about uh, you, you know, you do have the, the, as you said, the financial planning software, you've got the maximize my social security, which I'm assuming is a software as well, that yeah. kind of helps with that. So it sounds like to me that you kind of work in the area of folks that are close to or already in retirement, like we do, like our listeners are, could you just give us a little bit of a synopsis of like, you know, I don't know, maybe your background of how you got into that particular part, what interested you in oh, yeah. building a software a, program or into social security and all those kind of things? Yeah, that's a really good question. Well, you know, in grad school, I worked on um, social security's impact on the economy through time. Uh, so that would kind of be into thinking about dynamic issues like carbon taxation, you know, is a, uh, is a dynamic question. But then I also started looking at, in as part of my thesis work on, whether people were saving adequately. And of course, to, to, to think about that question, you have to put together a model of what people should be saving so you can compare with what they are saving. Same thing with life insurance. Are they insuring enough? So, so through time, as I was improving with co-authors, the software I was using for academic studies that occurred to me that, gee, I could take uh, the software I was writing in Fortran in an ancient language and uh, convert this into a, a product for the public that the public could use uh, to, to figure out how much they should, you know, could they afford to retire early? Could they, uh, should they downsize their home? How much will gain them? Uh, uh, how much should they be saving? How much should they, should they be spending to have a smooth living standard? Uh, what if they move, switch jobs, switch careers? Will that pay off? Um, so there's a zillion things that that the software that we've developed, um, and we started 28 years ago, developing the software through my company, can do. But but you know I also realized that a lot of people, not everybody wants to use software. Not everybody's up for that. So I just wrote a book. I wrote one book called uh, with the co-authors called Get What Yours about Social Security, and it's a New York Times. It was a New York Times bestseller for 11 months or so. Uh, and a number one bestseller for uh, many days. And then I just wrote another book that um, I'm just gonna brag about for a second. It's called um, Money Magic. It's, this is a, the galley, it's not out yet. It's coming out January 4th, you can pre-order it, but um, 
Anyway, it's called Money Magic and Economist Secrets to More Money, Less Risk, and a Better Life. So I, I took um, everything I learned from running our software and put it into that book for people that don't want to run software. Because, and most people don't, they just want to get the answer. So I tried to, you know, present enough cases for people to see, hey, I fit into this situation, this is what I should do. But there's lots of ways to safely raise your living standard. Uh, there's, you know, how to time, how to, when to take social security. I mean, one of the big things is being uh, patient about taking social security because you can get a 76% higher uh, annual benefit if you wait till 70 versus taking your retirement benefit at 62. Timing when you should take your retirement account withdrawals, you can save a lot of taxes. Uh, downsizing your home, making sure you don't have your equity trapped in your home. All the things that you guys are focused on, the program is kind of quantifying. You know, should I leave my friends, my neighbors of 20 years, move to Arizona, which is one, you know, maybe like one ninth as expensive as Boston per square foot, and uh, um, downsize and go from a four bedroom to a two bedroom and have all that extra money for my to fly my kids to Arizona for the holidays. I'm not seeing them any, anyway all the time, or I can fly to see them. You know, is it really worth it? Just, uh, and, you know, how often do I see my neighbors? Uh, I can fly them and for, for a party for weekends too. So that's the kind of thing that we're trying to do with get, change people's perception, open their minds to options. I hope that you are enjoying the show. By the way, if you are in or nearing retirement and are someone who wants to gain clarity on what questions you should be asking, learn what the biggest retirement myths are, and identify what you could be doing to achieve peace of mind for your retirement, get started today by requesting your complimentary video course, Four Steps to Secure Your Retirement. To access the course, simply visit pomwealth.net forward slash podcast. If you're new here or you haven't done this yet, this is definitely the first step to get started in applying these principles to your life. So head over to pomwealth.net forward slash podcast and check us out. Gotcha. Yeah. So, and you mentioned the social security aspect of it. And that's always, I mean, I had a conversation with um, someone today about how social security works. When do I take it? What's the most optimal time to take it? And, um, and it's, and I, I'm going to ask you, it's not as cut and dry as, waiting until 70, right? Obviously, if you wait, make it to 70, that is going to be the best uh, or the highest payout that you're going to receive from Social Security. But um, in the software and in, in, your, in your brain, in the book, what are some of the other things that we're, we're looking at when it comes to, I guess, optimizing, but also answering the question of when is the best time uh, for me to uh, start the, the income from Social Security? Well, you know, there are People there probably about 75% of people should wait till 70 to take their retirement benefit. Only about 6% are doing that. Now, a lot of people were forced to take their benefit early because they just have no other money to live on. Uh, but if you can bought, beg, borrow, or steal to be able to wait to get this much higher number, for example, you can uh, borrow money maybe from your kids and say, I'll pay you back out of my social security check or take your kids in to your house and have them pay the housing expenses. There's things you can do even if you're retired, but, um, and if you've taken your social security early, by the way, let's say you took your social security at 62, you know, now you're at full retirement age and you could afford to suspend it until 70, you'll get a 8% per year higher value 
higher number when you restarted. Uh, who should not take Social Security early? Well, if you know for sure you're going to die at 80, you don't want to be waiting till 70 to take your Social Security. Uh, except uh, that if you have a, a spouse or an ex-spouse who's going to be able to collect a widow's benefit or a divorce widow benefit on your record, you may want to wait uh, till 70 uh, to, because the benefits to them may be more important than the benefits to you. Uh, now, you may also have disabled children, children or child. Uh, they can't start getting a benefit on your record until you start collecting your own retirement benefit. And you might have a spouse taking care of your disabled child. They can get a spouse on kind, a, what's called a child and care spousal benefit. So people, some people may need, want to go early and the software would, uh, would tell them um, what's best to activate benefits for uh, their um, dependents. But then you've got people that are widowed who are coming, let's say, who are 62 and thinking, should I take my benefit now or wait? Well, they've got two benefits that they can take if they're widowed. They can take, take um, and if they were married for, for 10 years and they're widowed, I mean, their ex has died, they can get a divorce widow benefit. There's, there's like 13 different benefits people need to know about that's part of what you know was in the book and um, in this what the software is covering. So anyway, you know here you are, 62. You can take your widow benefit. You can take your retirement benefit. You want to take one of the two, but you don't want to take both of them at the same time because that will just cost you money, and it could it could cost you a ton of money. Uh, so uh, it turns out you want to take, you know, I can't, I can't give you a general rule of thumb. Uh, but uh, for some people, it's optimal to take the retirement benefit first and then take the widow's benefit either at full retirement age or before. And for other people, it's better to take the retirement, the widow's benefit first right away. And you can start that actually at 60 and wait till 70 to take the retirement benefit. So there's a lot of money on the table here. We're talking about, you know, could be $100,000, $150,000 at play here just for those people to get it right. So it's not uh, one size fits all with Social Security. And then you've got to also think about these uh, decisions about Social Security as being interconnected with retirement account, things like a Roth conversion. If I'm thinking about, maybe I'm 63, I've taken my Social Security, and now I'm thinking, should I Roth convert? Take my uh, traditional IRA and turn it into a Roth? Well, you know that might kick up my Social Security benefit taxation. It may also kick up my Medicare Part B premiums uh, because that's when I hit 65 and start taking Medicare, those premiums are gonna be connected to my taxable income back two years earlier. That's the way it works. That's what, you know, you guys probably know about the IRMA provision. So uh, all these things, a lot of the stuff needs to be calculated by a computer yeah. uh, or at least we need to know in our brain the general story so we can figure out generally what to do. But I think yeah, I was gonna say, I think what you're doing is you're doing a really nice job of illustrating exactly what we teach people. And that is there's not a real easy answer to this. <laughs> I mean, it it does take what you said. It takes a good software program and an individualized position to say, this is what I need to do. And you can't do that at doing that on paper or uh, on a gut feeling is probably not gonna be the the answer that, that you that you really need. Um I do have a question. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, yeah, I'm, yeah, I agree with you. What your brother did is not what you should do. Exactly. It's day and night. Yeah. So I know that you've dealt with just a 
a ton of different things over your lifetime of, of doing what you've been doing here with all these different things. But if you had to break it down for individuals and families that are planning for retirement and trying to get ready for retirement, what would you say are some of the largest, most impactful decisions, financial strategies, whatever it might be that they need to implement? What would you say those things are? Well, I would say uh, work as long as you possibly can. You could live for a to up to a hundred, a lot of people are doing that. Uh, my mom passed away in '98. Uh, the so you could end up being retired longer than you worked. So be very careful about when you retire. Uh, wait as long as you really can. I think play play it safe. Play everything safe. Uh, be careful about the stock market. Make sure you realize that the stock market is very risky, and um, you know as it starts to, to fall, you could panic and sell at the bottom. And there's no guarantee it's going to come back anytime soon or forever, ever. I mean, there's nothing in economics that says it should, will necessarily come back. Uh, I would be careful about spending too much on housing late in life um, because that can be a huge sink. Uh, and uh, and there's lots of housing markets that are a whole lot cheaper probably than where you live. So look around on the housing. Uh, retirement accounts, uh, are you making sure to take advantage so that you take out what you withdraw money at points in time when your mark, when your tax bracket is low. Uh, but then you got to be careful about kicking up your social security benefit taxation and your uh, future Medicare premiums. So uh, all these things, uh, I would be careful about inflation. Uh, the, uh, I wouldn't count on this. I would, a lot of people take their social security money first and the retirement money second, because they're sure they're gonna make a killing on the stock market. Well, if you adjust the stock market for its risk, it's yielding a negative return right now. So once you take the risk out of the stock, you know, once you adjust for risk, Social Security is a much better deal. You wanna be much, you definitely wanna be patient on Social Security compared to, um, you wanna take Social Security second, not first. You wanna take your retirement account money first uh, because after you adjust for the risk, riskiness of it, it's not a good deal. It's not a particularly good investment. Uh, and you can't count on it. So, so yes, the market's done well, but there's been, year, you know, in recent decade, recent, you know, last 12 years or so, but there's no guarantee it's going to continue. So I would say, and then, you know, where can you get a good return these days? Well, paying off debts. If you have any, there's a lot of people in your audience who still have student loans paying 5%, some maybe even 7%, pay those off. If you can get money out of your retirement account, uh, uh, if you're like, you know, beyond 59 and a half, take money out of your retirement account and pay taxes on it and use the money to pay off your student loans, that may be a huge win financially for you. Uh, or pay off your mortgage, especially if you have money in a Roth account where you don't have to pay taxes when you withdraw it. Uh, if you're earning, you know, a safe return that's really low, which is what you can only earn right now in the market, but you're paying 5%, you can earn 2% long-term in treasuries right now, and long-term treasuries, nominal. You can earn 5% by paying off your student loan, pay off your student loan, there's a pure arbitrage there, pay off your credit card debt, Pay off your auto auto loans if you if you have if they're entailing large high interest rates. Pay off your mortgage if you have, you're stuck with a high mortgage and you haven't been able to refinance. 
So all this stuff, you know, there's lots of little things you can do that seem little, they all add up to a big, a big bin, a big win. Yeah, I was gonna say, and I know Merce has another probably another question, but I was just gonna say we agree with you on that is that you know, being able to deal with the risk in the market is something we teach all the time. Um, we, we're not people who say don't be in the stock market. We're just saying, hey, we need to, if you want to call it what you said, risk adjust the market. And so that's one of the biggest things that uh, Merce and I teach is, is don't just put your money in the market and not have a plan. Make sure that there's an actual plan there. And that's kind of how we manage money in that arena. But we also believe in in diversifying it over into safety so that we don't have just that that exposure there. So I think we're aligned on that. I'm sorry, Merce, I didn't mean to cut you. I just wanted to agree with him. Yeah, no, I think that that list of everything that you listed off was, I mean, that's all great, great strategies to employ uh, to make, well, well, make life a little bit easier. If you, you know, if you're able to be in a position to pay off some of those debts, it certainly makes retirement a lot uh, smoother. And then it takes you down to the nitty gritty of figuring out, well, how much do I need to live off of if I don't have these certain debts? So I think that's all great. Um, tell us, I know you mentioned your new book coming out um, at the beginning, but tell us again, what, what the concept for the book and then when it comes out so that if our listeners are uh, interested that they can be looking for it when it does come out. Okay, so the, it's easy title to remember, Money Magic. Uh, I think there might be another book coming out called Money Magic, but it's, you know, this one's by an economist. So um, uh, the, the basic story, Merce, is that economics has a different approach to financial planning than, uh, con than conventional financial planning, because we're focused on kind of what you can actually afford to spend on a sustainable basis. That's what we call consumption smoothing. That's what people are interested. That's why they save for retirement. They don't want to be eating cat food. So they want to have a smooth ride to the living standard. So what we economists are focused on is, hey, given your resources, given how long you're gonna work, uh, and uh, given the taxes you're gonna face, what do you have to have a, you know, what can you spend and keep on spending it, adjusted for inflation? And then how can you, what kind of steps can you take to get that number higher? You're thinking about taking Social Security 62, explore taking it at 70 and think about, and you'll see that your number, your sustainable living center is gonna go up by maybe 15%, starting now, starting here at age 50, because you won't have to save as much because you're gonna have this uh, uh, basically, you know, uh, huge, huge amount of money coming in starting at 70. It may seem like you'll never get to 70, but you can count on dying. Uh, your life expectancy might be 85, but you can count on dying at 85. You gotta worry about uh, dying at 100 and that's why, and Social Security keeps paying off no matter how long you live, and it's adjusted for inflation. It's, adjusted, it's inflation index. So, so basically, economics' as approach uh, works at, uh, at any age. So the book is focused on young people, career choice, college choice, should they borrow for college? The chapter, I it's about divorce and marriage. So, I mean, I just to tell you some of the chapter titles, one of the chapter titles is Don't Borrow for College. I don't think any economist has come out and strongly said, do not borrow for college. I'm saying that, counting the table, it's way too risky. I'm saying, uh, marry for money. That And what? who writes a book that says marry for money, right? It's a little bit out there, right? Okay, there's a chapter called marry for money. And, you know, why not? Other things equal, why not? Uh, find somebody that, that can uh, make your life easier rather than harder. 
divorce, how to get a divorce without 40, uh, we have 4,000 people getting divorced every day. How can you do that the way an economist would do it without having a divorce war, without spending all this money on lawyers? Well, there's some simple tricks here that are in the book. Um, and then career choice. I mean, what, what sources are there? Uh, do you know that you could make a ton more money uh, uh, fitting people with artificial limbs than fitting people, people with uh, hearing aids? Well, that's uh, part of the uh, you know, chapter on career choice. And, and the way I wrote the book was to try and make it funny, okay? I'm an economist. We're not supposed to be very funny or humorous, but people seem, seem to think I have a good sense of humor when it comes to writing these, these books. And that's why the uh, Social Security book became a New York Times bestseller. Well, maybe it was my co-authors too are, are pretty funny, but we, we try to make the whole thing humorous, not boring. So it's a, you know, a lively read. And, um, and then there's investment strategies like playing the, the stock market like the casino, like you would play the casino. When you go to the casino, most people go, I'm sure you guys do the same thing. If you ever go to the casino, uh, you leave your wallet in the hotel room. And I mean, literally that's the last time I went to this casino in Vegas, I left my wallet, I took $100. My wife took $100, we went to the casino and we said, when that's gone, we're leaving. And that's why, they, oh, and if you play the stock market this way, if you say, I'm only gonna put in money in the stock market that I'm prepared to lose because it's highly risky, then uh, you can in effect set a floor to your living standard because you can uh, operate based on what you don't have in the stock market and say, okay, what can I, if I invest that in a safe way, what can I afford to spend on an ongoing basis? That's my living standard floor. And then, of course, the, the stock market has a much better return than the, than the casino, which is, you know, uh, so on average, you're gonna get something positive back from the stock market investment. And then at that point, once you've converted that money, taken it out of the casino, made it safe, now you can have a higher living standard. So this is called upside investing. So there's a whole discussion about that in the book. There's all kinds of things that, um, there's financial shockers. Economics has a lot of things to say that are just gonna shock um, the, the pants off of people. I mean, it's just, I think this, this book is gonna change people's perceptions dramatically about how to think about their finances and how much fun they can have thinking about their finances. Because if you can think, if you can figure out ways to raise your living standard without working more, without working longer, gee, why not? That becomes fun. That becomes like a fun puzzle with a payoff. And when is the book supposed to come out? So January 4th, it's a little brown spark is the publisher and um, called Money Magic. All right. Very good. And and uh, if somebody wanted to learn more, I guess they can just go and, and go to the 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 uh, maximize my social security and they can they'll be able to find out information there about you. And then I know that there's Maxify as well. Uh, so all those, and maybe the main place would be kotlikoff.net, which is my main website. There are links to these other sites. Um, and if you wanted to pre-buy, you know, or put it, buy the book in advance, you could do that. But, uh, I write a lot of articles, a lot of columns for the public on all kinds of topics, including personal finance, but also other topics and also write articles. So people might be interested to see what, uh, this particular economist has to say about lots of different topics. Well, if anybody has a problem spelling uh, Kotlikoff, I actually, we have it on the website. 
We'll have it in the show notes and we'll have a link to that uh, particular site there. So uh, thank you very much. We know that uh, you are uh, got a very busy schedule, so we appreciate you buying out time to come on and talk with us on uh, on our podcast. And I'm sure that uh, many can find your information to be uh, very helpful. So thank you so much. We appreciate it. A lot of fun with you guys and uh, we'll do it again, okay? All right, everyone. That wraps up today's episode of the Secure Your Retirement Podcast. If you found value in today's episode, we would love nothing more than for you to head on over to iTunes and give us a five-star rating and a review. Be sure to take a screenshot of the review before you submit it, and we'll send you a special gift. Our book, Get Off the Retirement Roller Coaster. Just email morgan at pomwealth.net with a screenshot of the review to get your gift. Also, be sure to subscribe so you get notified of new episodes as they're released every week. And finally, please share our podcast with your favorite social network so more of your friends and family can benefit from this information. Always remember, you've worked hard to get where you are, and now you deserve to have a retirement that works hard for you.